don't mind read. Ask, don't assume. Many of us regularly assume. Don't assume. Hello? People expect other people to read their minds. Yeah, but I thought what you meant was this. You know, you said this. No, 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 no. Don't assume. Ask. When you spoke, I didn't, I didn't really understand what you were saying. Can you please explain it to me? Did you mean this? Don't assume. Many of the quarrels that we have happen because we try to mind read. Explain what made you feel that way. Feelings are not universal. So when I say to you that there's a way you talk to me that makes me feel small. Versus you make me feel small. What am I doing? Just by behaving, just by being myself, I make you feel, I don't have any. I don't have any apologies. If you want to feel small, feel small. But if you say to me, the way you speak to me makes me feel small. I'll say, I'm sorry, I didn't plan to do that. What did I say? I say you talk down to me. You told me go ahead and do it. You just did and you did it like this. Then I can take the feedback and realize that there's something I'm doing unconsciously that has the capacity to make somebody else feel bad. Then I can change it. Versus, you came to me and he says, well, are you alright? You just talk anyhow. As if you are the one that owns everywhere. What's going on with you? What's your problem? As in sometimes when you are talking to me, I don't even understand the difference between myself and the children. <laughs> Explain what made you feel that way. Every time you come home from work, you go straight to the front of the television, you remove your shoes, you throw your shoes and your socks everywhere, and you are waiting for me to give you food. It makes me feel like I'm really a house help. So that when you get to the room and you are behaving as if something is supposed to happen, I'm asking myself, are you alright? <laughs> Explain what made you feel the way feelings are not universal. Some people would have exactly what you had and not feel that way. So explain what made you feel that way. It's a better way to get good communication. Clarify your needs. Don't say, it shouldn't, I shouldn't have to ask. If I'm asking for it, then, then what's the point? You should know. You should know that I need recharge card and flowers. Once I tell him the one I prefer, then it's no longer a gift. You shouldn't have to ask. You can ask. Okay? We need to learn how to ask for what we want. Clarify our needs. Limit communication. Yeah, that's where we ended last week. Limit communication to one or two per session. So you want to ask, to, you want to talk to somebody opportunity for communication has finally been opened up. Don't rush all the problems into one conversation. You say, hey, today's communication therapy. No problem. I have, I have my list here. There are 30 of them. Number one, you talk too much. When you sleep, you snore. When you snore, you snore. <laughs> when you turn, you snore. You go to the toilet, you come back, you still snore. We need to change rooms. <laughs> Limit communication per session to maximum two. Don't raise all the issues bothering you at once. It will look like it's an attack meeting. Yeah. Just talk about one. One. 
Maximum two. Say, look, this room, this house. Before you get home every day, I spend one hour trying to put the room in order. By now you come, I'm tired. Now, communication. You know, I, I, I feel it just wears me out. What can we do? Somebody said he likes to meet his things where he placed it. So when he enters the room, he drops his shirt somewhere. He likes to meet it there. He removes his shoe, he puts it there. He wants to meet it there. He puts it up there. That's exactly where he wants to meet it. <laughs> the guy is coming home like Abijawara. <laughs> Don't rush it all into one statement. Communicate one or two issues per time. Allow questions. Ask for questions. Understanding happens from questions. Somebody says questions are the answers. So, I ask questions. Some people have been married for many years. No question. So, how was it? Ask. How was it? Was it better today than yesterday? What are the areas of improvement? Why are you laughing like this now? What am I saying? What are you thinking? Eh? Eh, what I think I want you to think is what you are thinking. It's alright. No, but it's, it's ask questions. Communication thrives when you ask questions, not when you are. It's not only holy, it's stupid, stupid. <laughs> no, really. Because you, you, you lose the opportunity to understand how, what the other person is thinking about. What was going on in the person's mind. Everybody comes from different backgrounds and different histories. When the Indian man wants to say yes, he does like this. When he wants to say no, he does like this. So, you need to clarify what are you saying? Should I continue? Should I stop? <laughs> Allow for questions. Ask questions. Have frequent, deep, and honest communication. Quadrant two. Schedule it. It's a quadrant two activity. Let's talk. Let's have talk time. All the time, all the time is do time, do time, do time. Let's have talk time. No doing, just talking. Learn, teach, do. <laughs> Let's have talk time. Deep, honest communication. This is what you do. I don't like it. Remember, reduce. If you have it frequently, the list will not pile up to 30. So if you, if you know weekly, we have time out. Why do you do dinner, husband and wife dinner, once a week? Or lunch? Or eat out? It's not so that you can eat food. It's so you can talk. You can... So what's going on with this? What's the plan? Say, ah, we, there's something we have done, no? We should have done our this. We have not done it. And it is daily, in the morning. You finish praying to God. You talk with your wife. How far? Where's our... Financial creation map. How much did you spend yesterday? 
It's a very good morning exercise. How much did you spend yesterday? How much came in? Did it come according to plan? Let's review. Usually you review weekly anyway. So you review weekly. How is it going? Deep honest communication. Anything that you, anything that we want to talk about, any key issue, any, you know, anything that we need to raise, deep honest communication. I'll time for it. Own up to your mistakes. Learn how to apologize. I realize immature people can't apologize. Mature people apologize. The person that apologizes doesn't seem to be the person that is wrong. The person that is right can apologize. Apology is not an exclusive reserve of wrong people. Apology is the exclusive reserve of mature people. Say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell him. <laughs> Tell him. Say, I'm sorry. You know? Open. That's what the baby is saying. She says she's sorry. <laughs> eh? Must you say it all the time? Yes. Say it all the time until the other person learns to say it all the time. You know, as in, you, you, listen, usually let me tell you what happens. My experience is, my experience is, if you are not wrong, what makes people not say sorry is ego. It's a sense of, uh, how will I do that? I have realized one of the most interesting things about forgiveness is letting other people go only to realize that the person that was bound was you. That in your bigness, in your lack of maturity to let somebody go, you are putting yourself in unnecessary prison. So, by saying I'm sorry, you release yourself. And then usually what happens, the other person says, me too. In fact, I'm the one that is sorry most. I don't know what was wrong with me. I didn't want to own up that I'm the one at fault. You know, the person begins to open up and talk more because you took the initiative to start it off. And if it doesn't happen like that, still know that it's a small to not want to apologize. And whenever you apologize, you are making deposits in the emotional bank account to say, so what? Okay? Very important. Now, let's look at a few key case studies of issues that arise. I said, trust. If you don't have trust, what do you have? What destroys trust? Unfaithfulness, breaking trust, pornography, there's any habits you get involved in that you begin to wonder, you know, what's wrong with this person? Why is this person behaving like this? Okay? If you don't have trust, nothing is left. Trust is like the final strand that keeps relationships together. You need to ensure you don't break trust. There's, 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 it's very exciting when you can say, I am sure about this person. I am certain. Because if it was not so, he will have said so. You know, this is what's responsible. Trust. Usually the first thing that breaks before a marriage begins to break down is communication. And, you know, it's very possible to live together for 10 years and not be talking. Are we together? Okay, so in case you don't know, I can tell you. But you're not communicating. You're not, you're not understanding. You operate from different lenses, different points of view. One of the biggest problems that happens in marriages is children. As soon, yes, as soon as children are born, usually in many homes where community has broken down, the wife focuses on the children. 
and derives her communication and relationship from the children. And then the man is isolated into another world where, eh? <laughs> where he can be communicating with other people in different places at different levels of communication. Yeah. You know that because it's, uh, my children, as in, it's a defense mechanism. He's saying, I don't have time to talk to you. I'm not talking to me anymore. It's not happening like, okay, no problem, no problem. Let me just put myself in a place where I'm safe and just invest my life in the children. Chat with them, find out what's going on in school. I want to talk. My husband doesn't want to listen. So let me be talking to the people that can listen to me. And then nobody's talking to him. He doesn't even know the world exists in. He sees himself as only a provider. He provides, and then he's providing in other places as well. No, I don't. You don't have experience. <laughs> I, hello. There is a projector they are making now that projects the history of human beings' hearts. <laughs> I'll just give you a tablet. Everything you have done will be shown here. I'm sure that on the day they release that message, many women will buy for their husband. He said, Oh, did you love me? He said, Yes. He said, Do you really love me? He said, Take this. He said, What's this? He said, He's a, a truth teller. He will bring out the truth. He said, are you, are you, Don't you think you are safe and not knowing the truth? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you the truth. <laughs> because he's telling me to tell you the truth now for you to watch the truth. <laughs> See? Bonnes and gentlemen, um, communication, communication is essential. Schedule, it's a quadrant activity, schedule it. It doesn't happen, the most important things in life that are not urgent will not happen because they will be forced to happen. It won't get to crisis. It will get to crisis where your husband says or your wife says, I'm not doing it again. That's when it gets into crisis. Communicate. And there are many things that happen when there's no communication as well. Somebody was telling me that hmm, all sorts of things happen. If in civilized countries where police can arrest you, husbands are still busy their wives. I wonder what will happen in Nigeria. What's happening in Nigeria? You know, but you are, we allow things to get pent up, communicate, seek to understand. Before the divide happens, understand, communicate, so that it doesn't break down. Forgive. Forgiveness is a way to exercise proactive muscles. There are things that will happen that you need to forgive. Another key issue is symptoms versus roots. Many of us are busy trying to treat the symptoms. We forget the roots. Okay? The roots usually is in a paradigm. The symptom is, it's not talking to me. The symptom is, we're not talking. The symptom is, is a loveless, sexless marriage. Somebody shared that he and his wife have not, I think, for three years. I'm like, what? Are you all right? He said, what's that? He's eating out. Now, the symptoms are, those are symptoms. There's a root. 
Symptoms is the behavior. Symptom is the attitude. The root is a paradigm. The root is a paradigm. And I've seen, I've seen funny things. I'll, I'll give you an example. Symptom is, my husband is unfaithful. It's a symptom. Now, I, I don't approve it. I don't, of course, you should know. I don't approve it. I feel it's, I feel it's wrong. I feel by means of a warish woman is a man reduced to a piece of bread. I believe that you lose value in eternity when you engage in those things. But it's a symptom. The deeper problem is that something has fundamentally gone wrong. And usually what has gone wrong is, what has gone wrong as a root is, for some people, they feel, they don't feel like men at home. So, they see that they are being treated like men somewhere, and then they behave like men. Quote and unquote. That the symptom is something is happening that didn't used to happen. That's the symptom. The root is what can permit you to allow your paradigm to weaken to the point where that can be an option. So, when you see the behavior, when you see the attitude, ask yourself, what is the real paradigm challenge? What's the problem beneath this visible problem? How you see the problem is the problem. For some people, the root is societal beliefs that are not in alignment with fundamental paradigms. So a man feels, all I have in my home is female children. Society expects me to have a boy. So, he goes ahead and does what doesn't make any sense because there's a root problem that, we, that, needs, to be, that he needs to address. Root versus symptoms. Clarify the end. The key thing here is, usually both couples want things to work. If everything is brought down to basics. Everybody wants things to work. Nobody wants things to scatter. Everybody is looking for the best interest. But many couples don't have an end. So clarify the end from time to time. Have an end in mind. What's the purpose of our union? What's, what do we want to achieve as a family? What's the purpose of this family? Where are we heading to together? Once you clarify that end, you can always, every junction where you need to make decisions, you can say, this is a godly family in which God's interest is protected, raising godly offspring to achieve X, Y, Z. That's our objective. What exactly is going on now? You can identify who the real enemy is and solve the real enemy. And usually, the real enemy is the devil, eh? yeah? Good. <laughs> but many times, you will think that the other party is the enemy. And I think this happens a lot in, in, in faith homes. Faith homes, the wife can, can put the husband under pressure because the husband has nowhere he will go as well. After all, there's nothing he will do. He will just behave himself. Because if he goes outside and does anything, he will be destroyed. He knows what is destroyed. You know, clarify the end. What do you want to achieve together? Always remind yourself what that end is. Usually both parties want it to be well. Private victory before public victory. The issues we have to face together have more to do with us as individuals. Review your paradigm. I wrote an article this morning. The title of the article is If only I had more sex in my marriage. If only. If only I had more sex in my marriage. 
if only my wife was more cooperative, if only my husband did X, Y, Z, if only the problems we see in the public domains are private issues unresolved. So usually what we want to do is ask ourselves, am I being reactive or am I proactive? Am I choosing to respond based on the way they are responding to me? Or am I involved in architecting my desired future? Am I using my conscience? Am I using my independent will? Am I using my imagination to create my desired future? Am I self-aware of myself enough to realize they will lose you are misbehaving? Or do I just carry on with what I'm doing in reaction to what was done? Who says that when they shout at you, you have to shout back? Who says when somebody is unfair, you need to repay it with unfairness? Who says every wrong act deserves another wrong one? It's a reaction. If I want to be proactive, I can choose what my response will be. I can predetermine my response. Now, when we give ourselves a love challenge, what you told yourself the day you had a love challenge, what you gave yourself was, when I get home, I will do this. Now, some of us got home and we were tired. But we don't react to our tiredness. We said, I have told myself, I will do this. Some of us got home and we are not in the mood. We have told ourselves, I will do this. Some of us got home and the response there was quarrel. And some of us said, we will not allow this quarrel to pass 12 midnight. Some of us got home and the sun was shining, but we said it must rain tonight. Are we together? <laughs> now, that if you will ever get things moving in the right direction, it will take conscious, deliberate, proactive choices. Not reactive choices. You say, ah, no, 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 she spoke to me anyhow, and then I made up my mind that, eh, that's where I be. Okay, now, you will meet me in the kitchen. It is, it is at home that the stool waits for the bottom. The bottom will carry itself and come back to the stool. No problem. Go first. You will come. <laughs> review your paradigm, review the internal challenges, and resolve them. Clarify expectations, understanding, getting deeper into each other's scripts. You know all of us have scripts. Our lives are either by design or by default. And if my spouse is not already in control of design, I teach, I coach, I make myself available to teach, but we need to get into each other's scripts. For example, I understand something about my wife. I understand the value my wife, for example, places on words. Now, the value she places on words may be stronger than the value I place on words. I may not connect the emotions to the words like she will. So if I say to her, something is wrong with your head, if she says the same thing back to me, she's probably not going to achieve what my own will achieve. Do you understand? Now, my ability to understand from her script is what will give us understanding. It's what will make me know what not to do. I know which bounds not to get to in trying to get my point across. Knowing when I have to be gentle, knowing when I have to be hard, knowing when I have to do what. Clarify positions. Not only in communication, in everything, clarify positions. What are we doing today? Is it a 45 second presentation? Like Solomon James likes. <laughs> or is it a 45 minutes presentation? Clarify expectations. You know, one of my friends, 
I was, <laughs> I was squeezing him. You know that, you know how things going. And he says, ah, my wife is not interested though. I said, how do you mean? You've been married for X, Y, Z years. I say, your wife is not interested. Are you, you know, are you, are you, do you understand what she wants? She says, she doesn't want anything. I say, ah, I don't understand. She says, she doesn't want anything. Really? I said, have you tried? I said, ah, sometimes if I, once we clarify the decision, I say, look, this is how much time we are spending today. Once I clarify the decision, if I want to go for another, the face changes. I say, look, you don't have work, go and work. <laughs> clarify expectations. Be, know what each person wants. Okay? Understanding is derived from getting deeper into each, other, each other's scripts, knowing where each person is coming from, knowing what they're happy with, what they're not happy with, what they're excited about, you know. Um, clarify expectations, seek first to understand. Fighting over money. Chai. Okay. Spend 10 more minutes. I'll be done. Fighting over money. Call it money clash or cash clash. Now, also, money is something also that brings couples and families together. There are many homes where the husband doesn't know what the wife is earning and the wife doesn't know what the husband is earning. In many homes, the husband knows what the wife is earning but the wife doesn't know what the husband is earning. And that's what they call my money and your money. And also funny things that sets families in competition instead of incorporation. So they want to argue. And the wife says, you're always buying shoes for yourself. When I buy dress, you will complain. But you, this shoe, was it there yesterday? He said, okay, now, so you have bought your dress, Abby? You bought dress, Abby? Okay. So he goes out the next day and buys two shoes. And then she goes out the next day and buys three dresses. What are they competing against? They are competing against their limited purse. At the end of the day, instead of cooperating and collaborating together to work with synergy, what are they doing? They are clashing and depleting their family resource. Now, in money is one of the places where communication needs to be key. You need to begin with the end in mind. You need to make proactive choices. Many of us behave as if we have to react. My friend is doing wedding. They have called this as I be. I have no choice. I have to buy. We have to buy. I buy for you. I buy cap for you. I buy this for you. And then we go on like that. Okay? Um, in finance, in relationships, you need to think about number one, be proactive. Make up your mind what you will do. You can be proactive by setting your budgets, defining your budgets together and saying this is how we want to do it. Okay? Um, I and my wife have separate accounts, but we have joint accounting. Okay? Now, separate account means there's money in your account, there's money in my account. Joint accounting means we account for it together. So you are clear about what I have, I'm clear about what you have. We are clear about what we have and we define together What's our expense? We define together what are we putting in cash flow in reserve. We define together what are we going to do, what we're doing. So different accounts. It doesn't mean, the account doesn't mean. In the accounts, we have now said, okay, my account will be the temporary abode of future money. Your account will be the permanent abode of present money. So expenses, you take care of expenses. Investments, I'll take care of investments. Okay, so we have a working plan. It's joint accounting, not joint accounts. So we start by being proactive. We don't allow life to dictate to us what we we'll spend money on. 
we decide what we want to spend money on. So that if you come to me and say, ah, you, somebody came to me yesterday, he said, you will give me the money. I said, I will give you which money? I don't have the money. Where I will go, let the money from, must earn interest. So tell me how much interest you are willing to pay so that I can go and talk to them. And if I'm the one talking to them on your behalf, I will put my own interest on top of their interest so that it will be satisfied and I will be happy as well. But if I want me to link you directly to them, I will link you directly, I will not have any commission in that transaction. But your debt will be on your head and you are the one that will put down collateral for it. So, proactive means I determine what I want to spend. Begin with the end in mind means what do I want to create? We want to have reserve. We want to be financially free. We want to have this project. We want to go for vacation. We want to plan for this. We want to change car. We want to change this. Begin with the end in mind. Put first things first means saving will never happen naturally. Giving to God will not happen naturally. So I schedule it. The things that are important that must happen must happen first. So I'm giving to this course, I will give. I'm doing this, I will do. The things that need to be done, they are quadrant two activities, they need to be scheduled. Schedule them. Think win-win is when we sit down together, we say, look, we need to have a balance between our present and our future. The fact that I'm planning for the future doesn't mean I should not wear shoes. It doesn't mean you should not wear dress. We need to look good in the present and look good in the future. So let's think win-win. What's our plan in this department? How do you want to do this? How do you want to do that? Seek first to understand before you understood is, look, I am not okay with this level of expense. Where I'm coming from, this is the minimum. Ah, where me I'm coming from the future. This is where we're going to. This is the minimum required I must reserve to create it. How do we balance where we are to ensure that we, uh, we understand each other and we're not working against cost culture? And then we're able to stand together create a third alternative and work synergy. And then regularly, weekly, we do our final discussion, which is what you call sharpening the soul. Is that clear? Good. Differences. Differences, normally for many people, create conflicts when they are immature. Differences should create opportunities for synergy. Differences, listening, space, touch, words, love, the more you have, the most synergistic relationship you can have in the world is the one between husband and wife. I'm telling you, if you are not leveraging on it, you are missing out. Nobody can change you without your permission. I all together. So in every relationship equation, business, family, love, call it what you may, the only person you have influence to change is yourself. So you need to, first of all, change yourself. And then because you have changed yourself, your spouse will notice a change that will make them begin to ask the questions that will allow you to be able to get inside them to help them change themselves as well. People will not, re- they will not respond to, this is what you have been doing. This is, no, 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 no. When you understand that my action must not come from a reaction, but my action must be internally sourced, the person who is generating reaction from you will realize I need to modify a few things. Somebody gave a story. He said when he got to a particular company, every day this guy would try to vex him. Every day. He would try to step, step on his legs, step on his feet. He said initially he wanted to be responding. But after a while he told himself, I am proactive. This guy is trying to determine my response. No, I will determine my response. So they will match him, he will smile. <laughs> they will harass him, he will behave. 
after two weeks, the guy said, you're not even playing this game with me. Okay, so he stopped playing the game. And after he stopped playing the game, after a while they got close, I said, how are you able to not react? And then he was able to allow him to get inside of him and affect him and be able to influence him as well. Why are you doing that? You think you'll be important because you are putting people under pressure. You don't need that. You know that the person who is able to change the world is the person who, first of all, takes responsibility for changing themselves. One man on his deathbed, I've shared this story before, while he was on his deathbed, wrote the following statements. He said, when I was younger, I desired to change the world. But then I realized I can't change the world without changing my nation. So when I was in my early 20s, I desired to change my nation. But after a while, I realized I can't change my nation if I don't, first of all, learn to change my community. So in my late 30s, I ventured into changing my community. And then I realized that I can't really change my community if I can't change my family. So in my late 40s, early 50s, I decided to change my family. And only until now, in this moment, as I lie on my deathbed about to die, I realized that who I should have changed was myself. That if I had changed myself, perhaps my family would have seen the change in my life and been inspired to change. And if I changed my family, they would have joined me in the effort of changing my community. And if I changed my community, my community would have changed the nation and my nation would have changed the world. Change is a gate with a key on the inside. You can't open it from outside. You can't change your spouse. Change yourself and your spouse will change. Because first of all, the basic problem everybody has, the prime problem, how you see the problem is the problem. And once what you are seeing changes, then you want to change where you are so that you can understand the change that you see. Boredom in the bedroom. Okay, these are problems. <laughs> these are problems. What's the time? It's time. It's time. We should finish. We should finish this one. <laughs> Let's finish this one. Okay? What are the problems that we have? Boredom, reduced intimacy, lack of conversation, resentment, anger, arguments, fighting, frustrations, are direct applications of... These are public victory challenges. This is public victory challenge. We said you solve the public victory challenges from mastering the private, having private victory. You solve them by making up your mind, I will be proactive. I will choose my response. By telling yourself, I will begin with the end in mind. I have a clear sense of where I'm going. You know, hello, if you are here and you did the mission statement, can you say yes? yes. You wrote your funeral. Can I say yes? yes? You didn't do it. Can I hear yes? I, I asked somebody that's trying to say yes. Let me encourage you to do it. It's not sufficient to do it. It's sufficient to, to relate with it regularly. Sharpen the saw of your mission regularly. You know why? Because we get carried away. You get carried away and all of a sudden, what is most, what's most important to you? It's not what's most important to you anymore. Ah! I need to, if I can get this, if I can get this, if I can get this. And then you ask yourself, okay, mission. Funeral. Is this going to matter? We pursue passionately things that don't matter. Now, if you have a sense of mission and you understand it is more important to me to have a family that is well knit together, well positioned in our direction to save 
the world. I want to change the world. I don't know about you. I believe we can change the world. But it doesn't start from changing the world. Yeah? It starts from changing ourselves. And then when we change ourselves, we can get to enlighten other people to see how they need to make changes as well. And how many of us watch Page Forward? You have watched Page Forward? Good. If you have not watched Page Forward, go and watch it. It's a very simple movie. Um, it's one of those movies that makes you cry at the end. Yeah? Because the actor died. Yeah. Makes you shed tears, really. But guess what? That movie is a very simple metaphor. It's a very simple metaphor for how we can change the world. By changing ourselves, applying it to three people, and allowing them to do the same. Network marketing is a fantastic model. I believe it's a model behind Christianity. It's a model behind every world religion, Islam. It's a tell a few people, pass it on, and pass it on. I love, I love, I love what Jesus did, for example. He died. Everybody that followed him, nine, it, sorry, 10 over 11 of his followers died in sacrifice for him. You know, he's saying in sacrifice for what they saw, what they witnessed, and what they believed. You know, he's saying, this is the mission. And the way I carried out the mission is the way anybody who is following me will carry it out. That sense of commitment is almost to death. It's an absolute commitment. Now, once your mission is regularly before you, you can weigh your activities regularly and ask yourself, am I on course? I think there's a sword that needs to be sharpened every day. Wake up in the morning and say to yourself, what is my life about? If my life is about helping people, then how many people will I help today? If my life is about making a difference, then how many people's lives will I make a difference today? If my life is about adding tremendous value to the life of my children in such a way that you'll say about me, this was the greatest dad that ever lived. How am I going to demonstrate that today? What are we going to say about, as in, I need to ensure, now, if I have a clear mission about my marriage, I'm, I'm not likely to get angry. I can have what will get me angry on the short term, but I ask myself, where are we heading with this union? And what's the junction that I must visit?